Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. On this episode, we've got two hosts, myself, Jonah Dew, one of the banking bros, and we've got my partner in crime, uh, Hannah Kessler. Hannah, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good today. A little uh, on the snoozy side today, so a little sleepy. Um, but uh, later on today, Pops and I, we're going to be hitting the road, heading to Mason, Ohio to come out and teach to y'all. So I'm excited and uh, getting more pumped as time goes on uh, today. I like it. I like it. So you got to tell the people they want to know, are we flying to Ohio? Are we driving the van to Ohio? Are we walking? What are we doing? You know, so actually, so we, we are flying. We're actually flying commercially, though. So uh, for y'all in, in the aviation world, you know that uh, these airplanes, they got to get their annual check checks and their check rides have to go and their annual inspections. And so we're kind of in that process right now. I gotcha. So the flying commercial. Okay. Well, um, I've heard some good things about some of the airlines and we've got a partner, uh, that doesn't like one of the airlines. We won't mention it, <laughs> but, uh, so we won't, we won't even say what airline you're flying just in case he, he listens to this. Cause if we say the wrong one, he'll be upset. He doesn't like one of them. He'll be upset <laughs> for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, very cool. Well, tell us a little bit, tell the people who are listening what the last few weeks has been, right? Tell us about banking a little bit, maybe even yourself personally, or some of the people that you've helped. Give us a little bit of insight to what you've been up to. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So I guess one of the big major projects that I'm working on right now, I'm actually renovating my my master bedroom and my bathroom. And I'm really excited because uh, uh, Nate, my contractor, he's here right now and he's telling me that on Monday we're going to start tiling. So I'm really excited. I love the tile that I picked out. But but that that's what I'm doing in my own personal financial life is I'm uh, doing this transaction of the home remodel right now. And um, actually it is kind of coming around the Christmas time. I was thinking about it. Uh, this past weekend, I was at Cracker Barrel. And y'all, you guys got to check out Cracker Barrel. They got some cool little knickknacks and gifts out there that are really good <laughs> gifts for people. But um, and, and just other folks, you know, getting out of debt, they're using their policies for um, um, financing. I have one person, she's actually financing all of her new windows on her house right now. So, um, so that's a little bit about what's going on over here. But Jonah, your conversations that you're having with your folks and kind of in your own personal life, what do you got going on? Sure. So personally, in, in my family, uh, we actually are planning a bathroom remodel, but it's not this month. It's not this month. It's going to be our master bathroom as well. So that was kind of fun that you said that. So we are planning that. It's coming down the pipe. But actually, I've been patrolling some of our private money deals we've got a little bit of access to. I'm actually about to do one of those, I think. I, the last one that I did, I think we actually chatted about it, maybe finished in August. And I haven't moved on anything for a few months here, so, but I think I found one that I really like. So I'll be doing a private money deal um, uh, coming up. That's where I'm going to deploy most of my cash. And then I've been talking to lots of people and uh, a common thread, a common thread lately that I've heard uh, for some, from some of the folks that I've been on the phone with is that they are um, pl- preparing for the holidays. Like, hey, we've got this big trip coming up. Families come into town. We've got presents to buy, food to do, whatever. We need to fix this and this on the house. And they're just basically preparing for the holiday season. So I guess that comes with a couple of things that you need to fix or promote or pay for. And so, uh, and, and I totally understand that. But but thankfully this year, I think I'm staying put and all the families come into me. So that's awesome. So yeah. <laughs> hosting. So is everybody going to come to the house and stay at home with y'all? 
Yep, I think everybody's coming here, at least for Christmas. Uh, my wife might try to say we need to go to Texas, where my mom is, for Thanksgiving, um, which actually is this week, right? If you guys are hearing this podcast on the Money Multiplier platform, this is Thanksgiving week. So um, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. And I actually, let's just take a second. I want to express the gratitude for all the listeners that uh, chime in every week, listen to the podcast, and is really here doing your homework on this infinite banking concept. Because um, actually, just to get into our topic today as well, we're going to do a, a, a book report. We're going to do a banking book report on one of Nelson's chapters in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And we're going to talk about the arrival syndrome today. And so, I don't know. One thing I'm thankful for is, is to not uh, go to this arrival syndrome place. And then that I know there's always more to learn and to expand on in, in any aspect of my life. Doesn't even have to be my financial life. It could be my relationships with, with my own personal self, um, so on and so forth. So I, th- that was awesome. I just want to take a little time to express my gratitude to y'all. We love it. I'm sure they love you at home or on the road or wherever they're li- wherever you get your podcast from. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're saying thank you as well. So just like Hannah said, uh, we're going to take a look. If you've got your becoming your own banker book at home, feel free to follow along. We are looking at page 34 today. That is the and again, this is uh, becoming your own banker, the fifth edition by R. Nelson Nash. Off topic question, Hannah: Have you ever read any of the other editions? Actually, I haven't. Have okay. you? I have. I've read the sixth edition. Okay. Um, and there's, uh, obviously, if you guys know anything about books, when they add new editions, they add things or take things out. Mm-hmm. And um, the sixth edition adds a few things. And I have read it. I prefer the fifth edition, like everybody else, actually. But I have read the sixth edition. I've seen it. It's um, gray or it's uh, silver. Yeah. yeah. And just real quick, what I heard around the grapevine is, is that are there more illustration examples in the sixth edition? There are. There's okay. a few more. There's not a bunch, but there are a few more. Yep. Okay. Yeah. A lot of times, though, if you're a beginner, we recommend the fifth edition. That's going to be the one that's going to be most um, comprehensive for you. A lot of times, I, I mean, I'll be honest, the first time that I read the book, I saw the illustrations and I went through those pages pretty quickly because <laughs> I was like, I, I got to understand what he's saying before I look at these numbers. I don't, I don't get them. Like I, I see that they start small and get bigger. That's about all I've got. Let me keep reading, right? Yeah. Um, but but today we're going to uh, dive into the arrival syndrome. So Hannah, why don't you summarize what is the arrival syndrome? Yeah. So so in my own terms, and I have a few things highlighted out in my book as well, but in my own terms, how I interpret the arrival syndrome is, is that we never want to get to a place where we have totally just been uninviting or not accepting of new ideas or new ideologies. So so we never want to get to that place where we feel like we know everything. Honestly, my mind even kind of goes to, to like e ego or your ego is just so inflated and so big that you know everything that there is to know and there's nothing out there more to learn and, and I'm just going to keep trucking along just knowing what I know because I'm the biggest prophet uh, here uh, in, in my time right now and it's like no there's so many different things and opportunities that you can be open to that if you just opened your mind a little bit you could see some really cool things out there in the world so that's in my kind of layman 
layman's term of how I summarize the arrival syndrome. Let me throw it back to you. When somebody asks you, hey, Jonah, when Nelson talks about this arrival syndrome, how do you interpret it? Yeah, a lot of the same way. When you think you know everything and there's no room left to grow. I see this because, again, we talk to many, many people about their financial life, right? And so we can equate this arrival syndrome to some things financially. But again, like you said, it can apply to so many different areas of life. But when I see it personally in the financial space, it's because I'm trying to help people understand infinite banking and how to do it and what to do next. And I sometimes hear it and I and I think to myself, oh, oh because they say things like, OK, I say I read the book. I did this. I did that. So so I got that part. Only teach me this. This this is the only part I want to know. The other part I got. And I'm going, what? I've read this book so many times. I've watched so many videos, I've, you know, and every day I feel like, oh, oh, did I miss that before? Oh, did I? Is that new? Oh, OK. I think I did know part of that, but I don't think I understood the whole thing. Right. We've done some calls recently where we've had some other experts come in and, and teach us a thing or two. And we've been practicing for a long time and we're going at the end of the call. You know, they're like, any questions? And everybody's hand goes up. You're like, how does this work in that? And how does it tie to this? And, and, and so sometimes I hear that like, oh, I've been doing that. So I've got that. Right. I've, oh, I've got that. Don't worry about it. I'm a pro over there. All I need to know is is this little piece. I don't understand. When I get this little piece, I'll be good. And I've, I've got it. Yep. And I'm going, uh-oh, no, it's we're going to continually learn, right? <laughs> I know a, a little bit. I'm going to learn some more today. Tomorrow, I might learn something new, right? Yeah. Um, I might get a little better. And so in the book, um, Arnelson Nash gives us two examples, if I'm not mistaken, And the first is Ed Denning. Now, uh, before I read the book, I knew nothing of Ed Denning. What about what about you? You ever heard of that? That guy? Or I'm I'm even saying his name wrong. Ed Deming. I was putting in ends there. So so again, that that (laughs) that goes back to uh, what I was saying. I didn't know about this guy beforehand. Um, But apparently this is a very well-known story. Uh, So I actually Googled the arrival syndrome before our episode today. And I kid you not, the first two links on Google tell the story of Ed Dimming. So it's a super popular story. It's not just made up. And and I had never read it before. And I think it's so interesting in his story. He kind of harps a little bit on... um, on uh, the uh, the uh, American culture, right? He actually says uh, when he went to Japan and tried to teach the Japanese folks his practices, they accepted it with open arms and learned and, and prospered. He comes to America and tries to do it, and Americans go, oh, we got it, right? We're already doing that. Yeah, we're already doing that. We already got that part. Yeah. And and he's going, no, you don't. There's more going on to it, right? And then he says, uh, goes back to Japan, teaches them. They're listening. They're applying. They're prospering. Comes back to America, and it's like, oh, he's so smart. Now we'll listen, you know? And it's yeah. like, well, you, sh- you should have did that the first time. But you yeah. had the arrival syndrome. So that was the first um, example that he, le- uh, that he put in the book. And I had just never heard of Ed Dimming, but apparently it's super popular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now for and then the other one is Mr. Daniel Borston. And I hope I'm saying that one right. Daniel Borston. And now he is and now I've never heard of Mr. Daniel. What about you? Nope. I hadn't. Yeah. And he's been and he was uh, very old when he passed, right? He was definitely alive when we were we were around. I mean Ed was too. 
Maybe, yeah. Oh, maybe not for you. Not I, was for me. I was around. <laughs> it says Ed passed away in 1993, so I was around by then. Hannah was still not around. I, I, I wasn't even a thought. I, I wasn't even <laughs> a fart in the wind at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but Daniel Borston made it for both of our, our, our lives here. It's still around. And so he's got a pretty good quote. Why don't you read it to yeah. everyone? All right. So Daniel says the historian stated it this way. The greatest obstacle to discovering the shape of the earth, the continents and the oceans was not ignorance. It was the illusion of knowledge. And actually, that kind of ties into, you know, how Nelson talks about like in one chapter, which we'll we'll go through it on another uh, banking book report. But he dedicates a whole chapter to just imagination as well. And so I I do agree. It's just the it's the knowledge. uh, uh, It's the it's not the knowledge that doesn't equal the understanding. So so actually, my mind even goes to this video that we play in our presentations, you know, the backwards bicycle video. I think I and I think this is really the reason of why Pops ties this into the video is to, to overcome the obstacle of this arrival syndrome where where um so if you go on YouTube, it's called the backwards bicycle and it's about a seven and a half minute video. But but this welder teaches us, you know, that knowledge does not equal understanding. And so I, I think it's very important to just like I said earlier today, keep doing your homework to keep bettering the understanding because number one knowledge doesn't equal understanding and also in my opinion too knowledge does not equal action if you're not taking that action i don't think you'll ever get to that point of the understanding i love it i love it i just read the next paragraph in this book and i've read this book plenty of times but i just read the next paragraph and i realized i resonate so much with the next paragraph it says acts as practitioners of teaching clients to develop their own banking systems, which we are. That's all we do, full-time, right? This is probably our hardest job. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, I kind of agree. I kind of agree already, but here we go. (laughs) It says to get people to open up their minds and take an in-depth look at just exactly what is going on in the business world and correctly classify what is seen. There's a quote from a Fortune magazine in 93, and it says, if you understand what's really happening, you'll know what to do. I had a recent conversation with a young lady in our business who just got started with their policy. I'm not going to say the young lady's name because they listen to the podcast. So giving you a shout out. Um, But she was having a little bit of a tough time understanding loan repayments. So it's okay. No big deal. Uh, She had talked to another gentleman and our team and she ended up on my phone. And I said, that's awesome. I would love to get you understanding loan repayment. She says, I just don't get it. Right. I'm trying to learn it. I don't get it. But I'm just assuming loan repayments are extra money. I wasn't planning on that. You got to help me. Right. And I'm going, cool. Let's totally walk through it. Right. I think the conversation started with a little bit of arrival syndrome. Because just some of her phrasing around loan repayment is extra, it's extra, it's extra. I don't, I wasn't ready for that. 
it just seems backward. I read the book, I watched this, but it's extra. It's got to be extra help, you know? And then the conversation ended with very much so less arrival syndrome after we walked through it. And that's a perfect example. So for those of you at home, this is kind of the example that I gave her just in case you're thinking along the same lines. So Hannah, I'll ask you the question, okay? I get a little personal when I teach somebody something because I need it to hit home, all right? Yeah. So then I got to ask you a question. What grocery store do you normally shop at? What's, where's your go-to? Publix. Publix. I like it. Well, you, again, you're, you're from Florida. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so actually you, you're going to love this. So I live in South Carolina, right? Yeah. So we have grocery stores. Uh, maybe you've ever heard, never heard these names. So for all those out on the podcast, heads up. So we have a grocery store called Piggly Wiggly. Oh yeah, we have, yeah. We have a food lion. We have we have all sorts of stuff. Ingles. So sometimes when I say that, people are like, "Excuse me, where are you guys shopping?" Like, <laughs> at the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, at the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> they got shirts in there too. They're they're fun. Anyway, okay. So I gave her this example. I said, "Where do you shop?" So Hannah shops at Publix. Okay, Hannah. On an average week, whenever you're going to Publix, about how much money are you spending on groceries? Round it. Round it for me. Hundred, uh, two, three. What do you spend? Two hundred. 200 bucks. I love it. Okay. So let's assume you got your policy started today and you've got some cash value available in your policy and you need to make a trip to Publix. So you've got some options. I can use cash to go to Publix. I can use credit to go to Publix, or I could use my policy's cash value to go to Publix. Now, Hannah, how do you normally shop at Publix? Do you do cash or credit? Credit. I love it. Probably pay that thing off before the interest hits, get some airline points and all that stuff, right? Yep. I love it. That sounds great. Okay. So Hannah, if you decided instead of using credit to use cash value from your policy, $200 worth and go to Publix, do you still buy all the groceries that you were going to buy from Publix? Yes. All right. So it's 200 bucks is 200 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And so where is the $200 that you would normally spend on Publix? It's either still in your pocket or still on that credit card, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, you actually do have the money to repay your policy. And therefore, repaying your policy is not actually extra money, right? Yep. Now, I leveled with her. I said, we teach that when you repay your policy, just like Nelson teaches a few pages later when he's talking about the equipment financing, that when you repay, you definitely want to repay a little bit more. So I said, I'll level with you. Repaying a little bit more, sure, it's extra. If you want to come up with five, 10, 50, 100 extra dollars to put in like you're supposed to, that is extra. I'll give it to you. But the, the meat of the repayment's not actually extra. It doesn't matter what you purchase. The meat of the repayment is not extra. So the reason I brought up that example and, get, and walked you guys through that is because the young lady on the phone started with a little bit of the arrival syndrome of repayments are extra. Yep. Up to this point in my life, every time that I repay, it's extra. If I have to repay my brother, cousin, yo mama, or Obama, it's extra money, <laughs> right? Yes. But at the end of the call, I'm teaching her. We walk through a few different examples like that. Then I'm going, hey, it's not actually extra, right? Don't you still have the money somewhere? Isn't it still in your pocket? Isn't it still in that card? And so uh, it's always about learning something, right? ABC, always be learning. Or that's ABL. Something like that. Always be learning, yes. (laughs) No, and actually it goes to mindset too because where my mind goes in that story as well is, is that 
in my personal belief, I feel that money flows and it grows to where it's respected. Do I have to pay myself back and with interest into the policy or even back into like my regular checking or savings account? Not at all. And and why we think that way is because of the conventional wisdom and what we've always been taught of how to handle money. But that's really where the financial independency really comes with this concept. So, so Jonah, I really like that you being over at the implementation team there, that you are teaching these folks true financial independency and really helping them think for themselves, because this concept is about discipline and about that independency in, in taking back that control of our financial life. And some people get a little bit uncomfortable with it because they've never been in that position to be in that control before. And so they're like, so then when, when they see themselves in this position, they're like, well, what do I do? I do have to pay myself back with extra because that's what the bankers told me my whole entire life. So I I resonate with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love to give real life examples like that because we're real life people, right? And, And maybe before you do, and again, a lot of people talk about banking, they talk about these huge transactions and I get it, right? Buying cars, buying houses, doing investments, doing, I get it. But if you can't understand what we're doing on the small level, how in the world can you understand it on the big level, right? You've got to understand how I can take back control of the financing aspect on my trip to Publix. And if you can do that, then you're going to understand how you can take back your financing in your life on that new car purchase and that new boat purchase and that new house purchase. It's going to be easy. I've already done it 10 times in a row on the small stuff. I got it down. Now I know how to do the big stuff without without any question. I'm not confused. I know what to do. It's the same process, right? And so I I love to give real life examples like that. So uh, I kid you not, that is a a little bit of insight into uh, some of the help that we might give uh, if you have not started working with us yet. And please do. We'd love to help you. All right. That was our banking book report on the arrival syndrome. Let's wrap up a little bit here, Hannah, by just chatting about where we might be next. I think uh, that uh, but if you're listening to the Money Multiplier podcast, uh, it should be uh, very, very close to Thanksgiving, which means that our uh, partner in crime here, Chris Noggle, is actually has an event this week, mm-hmm. which is uh, Hannah will tell you all about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, it's today. Today, the 21st of November, which is here on this Monday, he's in Rothschilds, Wisconsin. So he's speaking at the Wisconsin RIA uh, today. So, um, And reach out to uh, Chris and his team. You can reach out to uh, Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A, at chrisnoggle.com and she can get you information on that event. And then really December is kind of a, a slow month um, for, for the Kesslers over here. Jonah, are you doing anything in December in the events? Yeah, we will have an event um, in Greenville, South Carolina. That's where we live in December. We like to do our events on the weekend so that way everyone can make it up. So, so actually we did an event this past weekend uh, here in Greenville. We had a few people drive up from uh, Atlanta. Cool. Um, um, a few people came in from town. We, we had a, a good turnout. So we'll be doing another event. Uh, if you're interested in that event, you can email me. That's Jonah, J-O-N-A-H, at themoneymultiplier.com. And I'll give you all the details on the uh, event in Greenville, South Carolina for December. And uh, other than that, I agree with you, though, Hannah. December normally is a little colder, a little, a little darker. We well, got some holidays. Time. 
Yeah, All we right, got mom. some holidays in there. So yeah. it's time to hang out with the family a little bit and uh, and uh, enjoy. So uh, anyway, that uh, wraps up our episode today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back like always, with new content and new episodes, if you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, make sure you leave them in the comments or reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, Jonah, let me just uh, say for folks, if y'all made it this far into the episode, email me, Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at themoneymultiplier.com, and I'll send you a copy of our ebook, Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery. I love it. A little, a little uh, insight and a little reward for those who listen to the whole thing. 